Welcome into the Wednesday Bible Study. Rick Burgess here, uh, co-host of the Rick and Bubba Show and director of themanchurch.com. Uh, we are walking through the book of 2 Corinthians. Today we'll finish chapter 8. Uh, this is a, a Bible study that uh, involves men in the room. we got a bunch of men in the room today, uh, and of course men and some women uh, all over the country and around the world watching either live on the Rick and Bubba YouTube channel or listening to an archive on the podcast channel or uh, also catching that uh, on the YouTube channel. It's easy to go back and catch the archives. Uh, we have done uh, many a Bible study. They're, the archives uh, are available uh, at themanchurch.com. Just go there. There's a media button, and uh, it'll give you a little drop-down choice whether you want to watch an archive or you want to listen to an archive. Uh, you can do either, and uh, there's many books of the Bible that we have studied, uh, commentaries that we've studied, uh, and you can go back and, and grab those on your own time. And if you're behind on this study, uh, you can go back and catch the weeks that you may have missed. Uh, but today, our, our goal is to finish uh, chapter 8. So a couple things, uh, themanchurch.com. Uh, that is a, a hub for you to go there as a resource for a fully functioning men's discipleship strategy. Uh, we feature High Challenge by sending our speakers uh, out uh, to churches all over the country uh, for man church services. It may be a prayer breakfast. It may be a wild game feast. It might just be a service for men. Uh, we, we look at this out of the Word of God. Uh, Deuteronomy 16.16 16, and Exodus 34.23, you see God telling Moses three times a year, bring me the men. So we set up reoccurring gatherings of men uh, throughout the year as part of the strategy. We'll even provide the speakers and teachers for that. Uh, but then we also add the crucial, often missing part, and that is equipping. We don't just challenge, we equip as well. We get men into the Word of God. We have um, four 40-week curricula. We'll have a fifth one coming out this summer. Uh, and we also have individual resources uh, for men. We have a brand new one that just came out, Sin Always Matters, a uh, 31-day devotional, brand new, The Cost of Sin and the Power of Grace. Uh, and, and the reason why we felt like this topic was so, so important uh, for, for men, and frankly, women as well, if you're a woman and you're watching this or listening to this, this devotional works for you too. There's going to be a couple of references to men in it, but uh, the concept is uh, it doesn't have a gender. Uh, we all need to know that sin always matters, and we need to, to understand what Scripture tells us, how God sees sin. I think many times I've been uh, guilty of this. I kind of take on sin the way I see it. Well, that, that's a problem because I'm always going to treat it uh, with a lot less severity than God does because I'm not holy, holy, holy. So he is going to, he, he's been clear on how he sees sin, and it always matters. It matters so much, it requires redemption. So, anyway, the cost of sin and the power of grace uh, is available right now at themanchurch.com. It's also on Amazon as well if you prefer to get it uh, that way. So, that's out there. Also, let me cover this real quick. We, we had a very, very great time uh, in Birmingham, Alabama last weekend for our, uh, our, our Man Church Conference. We do conferences as well. We started that last year. We did one. We're doing two this year. We are planning to do three in 2025, Lord willing. Uh, so thanks to all of you that came out. If you missed that, it was another powerful weekend. Men coming from all over the country, 11 different states, to Birmingham, Alabama, um, almost all of them representing churches that are doing our men's discipleship strategy. We had around 72 men that uh, repented and decided to follow Jesus that were either guests of some of these men or they just realized they were lost. Uh, 
uh, and then many others uh, uh, making a commitment to uh, to immerse themselves in studying the Word of God and grow up spiritually. It was a wonderful weekend of worship. We have one more conference uh, left, and that's uh, Startville, Mississippi, March 8th and 9th. Granger Smith will be there. James Spann, Scott Dawson, Andy Blanks, and I will be speaking. Chuck Hooten leading worship. Uh, I will tell you this. I have the exact number. Now, that was prior to us doing this Bible study, so it may have changed now. But the, the number that I have before that, that one is sold out is 45 tickets. There's 45 seats left. So uh, once those are gone, then we will be sold out. So if you want to be part of that, you can grab that uh, at themanchurch.com. Just click on uh, the logo right there. It'll take you right to the tickets, okay? And if you're looking for a man church near you, do not have time in the Bible study to list them all. Just go to themanchurch.com, look at events. If you're wondering where a church is near you that's doing our strategy, if they're doing a man church, they're doing the strategy. So that's a good way to find them. So just go to themanchurch.com and click events. All right, let's open up in a word of prayer, and we'll be in 2 Corinthians today, chapter 8, starting in verse 16. Lord, uh, help us to glean uh, what you intend for us today. Just looking at Paul and his discussion of Titus, Paul and his discussion to this church about these men that he has great respect for and that he tu- that he that he trusts spiritually. Do we have those kind of men in our lives? Oh, but a bigger question, are we one of those men? Yeah. Help us to uh, challenge ourselves today by the power of the Holy Spirit. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, also, the, the shirt I'm wearing, this uh, Redeemed shirt, this is a new shirt we also have at themanchurch.com. We have we launched those at the conference this past weekend. I love this shirt because it is a conversation starter. Uh, it, trust me on that one. Uh, because uh, because it is uh, it, it will ask people, it, people will go, what, what do you mean by that? What do you mean you're redeemed? And you notice how it takes the scales and it, it makes them the way they should be. Only Jesus can do that. Uh, so let's, uh, let's look. We, we left off last week. Uh, we stopped at verse 15. We know what was going on last week. Uh, and and this this is this is Paul, and he he was talking about giving. He was telling the church at Corinth that since Titus had told him that the um, the letter had actually produced repentance, he thought he would go back and revisit uh, this pledge that they had made to help the church in Jerusalem that they haven't they had not followed through on, and uh, and he he went it showed us about giving. It also helped us to, to ask ourselves some tough questions that Paul was asking this church. So now he, he's going to do, um, he wants to talk to them about Titus, and there's a reason for that because he wants them to know that he's going to be sending Titus back to collect it. Uh, so, and, and we do believe that Titus delivered, w- w- delivered also 2 Corinthians, he delivered this last uh, letter to the church at Corinth. Um, so he starts off wanting them to know that he is planning for Titus to return uh, to Corinth, uh, and uh, and he's going to be talking about Titus uh, and and how he expects him to be cared for. First of all, he starts uh, starts in sixteen and says this. But thanks be to God. Underline that. Thanks be to God, who put into the heart of Titus the same earnest care I have for you. So he's thanking God, which means why? Why is he thanking God for the way Titus is? Because God's the one who accomplished it. He's not saying that Titus did this on his own. He said, I like Titus and his character. I like how earnest he is. I I, I like the way he's living his life, and I thank God for doing that in in Titus' life. 
So uh, that's the first thing we take away. If, if I were to be thankful for the way you are, uh, who should I give credit to? Uh, it, you know, it, 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 has there been that kind of change in your life? Has it been that kind of change in my life? Uh, I, I do have most people that have known me before Jesus, and uh, they will thank God all the time uh, for the, the fact that they, uh, they can actually depend on me a little more, and they don't have to worry about visiting me in jail. Uh, so Paul is thankful to God that, that, that his colleague Titus felt the same way that he did about who? The Corinthians. I'm thankful that, that, that God's given him that same concern for you that I have. Uh, and uh, Titus appeared to be deeply uh, impressed by the Corinthians, uh, despite all the uh, faults and failings, um, and this delighted Paul. You know, he, you know, because it's one thing for for you to have someone who comes back and says, "Look, I've been to this place. I just don't agree with you. Uh, I went there. I found them to be annoying. I found them to be inconsistent. Uh, I think that place is gone. I don't know why you're spending time with it." See, Paul didn't get that. He, he, he Titus came back and said, "You know what? Everything that you think about them, I do too." I have the same. I have the same hope for that church. I'm actually impressed by them. Uh, yeah, the things you mentioned, they could do better. I agree with you, but uh, I also agree with you that I don't think that's going to be how they'll be defined. I, I, th- I think they're going to come through. And Paul was delighted to hear that. Doesn't that feel great when somebody does that? They, they're on the same page with you. So he just wants to make that point. So now he's going to kind of get into Titus and his commission in 17. Uh, and here's what he says: For he not only accepted our appeal. But being himself very earnest, he is going to you of his own accord. Now, that's important. I'd underline his own accord. Uh, He's saying Titus is eager to go, but I'm not having to pressure him to do it. He wants to come back. He wants to come visit you again. He is all in on me sending him back, and he's all in whether I pressure him or not. How many of you think it's more effective for somebody to do something you want them to do because they want to, not because they think you're making them? Yeah, there's no comparison, right? Uh, I don't know how many times, uh, you know, when you, when you, even, even some people when they get into coaching and and leadership, it's one thing for the people that that you're in authority over to begrudgingly do what you want them to do. It's quite another when they're eager to do it, isn't it? When they want to do it for you, they're not doing it to appease you. They're doing it to please you, and they're doing it also because they're as excited about it as you are. Every coach I ever knew who had a successful program, they call that buy-in. You know, every church that's ever been successful, you know, whoever is leading that church and has a vision that 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 leader, that shepherd, thinks God has given them for that church and why they were called there. Nothing feels better than for the congregation to buy in. If they don't, you got problems. Okay, so so that that's what he's talking about. He's so relieved that Titus is ready to do it, uh, and he's going to be taking the very letter we're reading. Uh, everybody believes that is the case, uh, and he is he is coming of his own accord. So imagine when Titus hands this letter off, and, and that part's being read. He just nodded his head and said, "Yeah, you better believe it." Uh, so I, that would have been a cool moment. So now in eighteen, he says, "With him." Now, this is where we're going to have some fun today. With him, we are sending the brother who is famous among all the churches for his preaching of the gospel. Who in the world is this? Well, there's a lot of speculation about that because Paul doesn't tell us. Uh, We we don't know who this is. Um, But there's there's some pretty good uh, evidence 
of, of who he's talking about here. Uh, but let's let's talk about first uh, that, that Paul is going to be talking about this individual and even some companions that he's going to be sending with him, uh, fellow of believers, to accompany him. So uh, in 19 he says, and not only that, meaning what he's already said, but he has been appointed by the churches to travel uh, with us and carry out this act of grace that is being ministered by us for the glory of the Lord himself and to show our goodwill. So this is all a description of this person. Here's what I underlined in my Bible. The brother who is famous among all the churches for his preaching of the gospel. Could that be said about you? So if if I were to send you or you were to send me and you didn't name me, how would you describe me? I, I can tell you uh, I deal with this all the time uh, with themanchurch.com because um, I I deal with sending out the teachers to all these man churches. So when they're asking me who I su- could suggest, I will say, well, tell me what's going on here. And they'll tell me we're this far into the curriculum. We've already had two man churches or, hey, this is our kickoff. This will be This will be the day that we try to get these guys to buy in. And I will say, well, I'll tell you who we need to send. And I'll say something like, he's solid. The men really, really, really love to hear from this guy. He has great influence over men. He connects with men. Uh, And then if somebody said, I'm looking for this, then I'll say, well, I'll tell you who we need to send. So this is your third. Let me tell you about this guy. Uh, He's transparent. uh, every every time I send him out, the men say that uh, he's just uh, he, he 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 just completely uh, talks openly about the struggles he's had. He re- they really relate to his struggles. You know, I know the different personalities of all the guys. And what I would ask you, if I was supposed to send you, how should I describe you? Well, what should I say? Solid, devoted to the faith. Here, here's a tougher one. This guy can handle the Word of God. Don't worry. No problem there at all. If, if I said I needed you to go teach the Word of God, should I be concerned? Should I, should I hold back? Should I even send you? Let me tell you, this guy spends time in the Word, so he'll be ready. This guy will be on time. He'll be dependable. Don't worry about that. This is the guy I want to send. So if, if the Apostle Paul wanted to send us the bigger question may be, would he? <laughs> would he send us? Well, he 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 has no reservation about this guy. Now, now I know what y'all are thinking. Who is it? And I'm sorry, I, I don't know. But but I but I will say this. Uh we don't know who this is, but we can say this. We know he was universally praised. So he's well known. Okay. Uh, throughout the churches. That's a big deal. So this is not this is not somebody that he's not even saying the name because he knows they know who he's talking about. Okay, uh, so his service to the gospel is very well known. Most speculators, and that's all it is. Remember, one of the greatest Bible teachers I've had. Okay, to speculate, just always tell them when you're speculating, and that's all we're doing because for some reason God doesn't want us to know who this is. Paul is not doing that. Paul knows they know who he's talking about, but we don't. Okay. A lot of people think it's Luke. There's there's a lot of people who think this is Luke uh, because he's so well-known 
that there's no need to even name him. Uh, Luke may have already been working uh, on his gospel at the time that bears his name. Now, we know that he actually wrote it and finished it when Paul was in jail at Caesarea, but Luke had no doubt begun this work. Um, and, uh, and, and he, uh, if, if you read the, book, the, the gospel of Luke, you almost can see that everything Paul's saying about him, he would meet the description because the gospel of Luke is beautifully, beautifully written. Uh, it's one of the most beautiful uh, works um, of any book. Uh, and he also, this this is even more, he also had been chosen to accompany Paul and 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 his companion his companions. and uh, he he was also uh, been kind of given the responsibility to be the co-custodian of, of the money that's donated. So many people say Luke is likely the choice and listen to some other reasons, and this is where you can have fun with this. We don't know who it is, but if you want to try to make a case for Luke, you can say Luke is mentioned three times by Paul in the New Testament. Look what Paul says about Luke in Colossians 4.14. All right, you got that written down? Look what he says about him in 2 Timothy 4.11. Uh, he, he also talks about him uh, to in his letter to the Philippians. You just read that whole book. We, we believe that it, he's referred to as the be- beloved physician, uh, he is a Gentile. That's also probably important. So uh, so anyway, uh, we don't know if it's Luke or not, uh, but Luke would, would if you if you were going to say I'm going with Luke, you'd probably be in pretty good shape. But we don't know. Uh, so and there's other choices that it might be too. But but uh, most of the commentaries I read, they, they land with Luke. Um, now, Paul now is going to digress just a little bit because he's talked about Titus. He's talked about that he's sending Titus. He talks about why he's sending Titus. He talks about he's going to send somebody he can trust with Titus. Um, and now he kind of digresses a little bit, and he's going to talk about his motive again. All right, so, so, so look, at, uh, look at 20. Uh, in verse 20, we see we take this course, talking about everybody he's sending and himself, so that no one should blame us about the generous gift that is being administered by us. That's an interesting choice of words Paul uses. Nobody, nobody blames us for the generous gift. Nobody blames you? So, so he, here's what he means by that. The Greek word here gets a little tricky. But, but what he's saying is, I want this gift to have integrity. Um, I don't want anybody to think that we got the because he knows now if, if, if Corinth sticks with the pledge, it's a substantial gift. They got it, Okay. It's so substantial, he says, I don't want anyone to think y'all were coerced into this. I don't want anybody to think that I did some kind of trick to get this. I went in like some flim-flam man. I went in like, I, I don't want that to be the case. That's what he means by it. The reason why the word we're going to English to blame, what he means is when they see this gift, I don't want the, them to think that I did anything out of line in order to get it. I, I, I want this to be pure. I want them to know it came from your heart. I want you to know you did it of your own Accord, I want this to be pure, okay? And and so I, I want it to be something that is going to to be accepted with no questions about my motive. Does that make sense? And and you know th- this is almost uh, one of those. Th- and and I and I love this anytime. And this is going to be, unfortunately, something that is the exception more than the rule. Paul really doesn't want any credit for it. 
I, I don't need anybody to put something in the church, you know, put my name on a stained glass window saying that I gave the money so we could have this or that I got the money. I don't want to be mentioned in this at all. I want them to say, see this as a generous gift from you to them, their fellow church. I really would be fine if y'all just kept me out of it. And by the way, keep Titus out of it. Keep whoever these other – there's going to be another guy that's going to show up here in a minute. These, these other guys out of it. I don't want it to look like that we, these well-known people of the church – went in there and guilted y'all or coerced you in some way and you begrudgingly gave in to our pressure because we wouldn't leave you along about it and you gave that gift. I don't want it presented that way at all. Now, the big takeaway is he doesn't want any credit. You know, there's a lot of people that are willing to do things for the church, but they want to be credited with it. They want a little public pat on the back, maybe a little something and the church named after them, maybe a little name in some marble, maybe a little name on the stained glass window, a little name on the pew, a little plate there. Uh, the, the thing we probably should do, if you look at Scripture, is to give and shut up about it. Uh, I will say this when I, I talked about the, the gift giving. When we did, uh, we did, I think we did three of them, Stadium Fest, and we raised the money, about $300,000 we had to raise for it to be free for everybody. And we did it three times. And people say, well, what a miracle. I said, well, I said, there's no doubt that that was a miracle, but this is America. $300,000 really isn't a miracle here. I said, the biggest miracle is nobody wanted credit for it. We had over 100 churches work together, and nobody got credit. That's probably the biggest miracle of the entire thing. Uh, but, and, and, and I really saw that as a supernatural experience. Uh, and it was nice. No one got credit for it. Where'd the money come from? Who cares? We got it. Nobody had to be named. Nobody had to be thanked. Nobody had to be applauded. And, uh, so that's what Paul is saying about this gift. And he goes, and another thing he's being smart about, what else? I know I have enemies. Don't give them anything to work with because what they're going to convince you is that the gift happened, but I did something wrong in order to get the gift. I don't want, I don't give them anything to work with. Uh, I, I want to be above reproach on this, and I don't want to be accused of manipulating anyone. I want it to be pure. We should all take a note from that example. And, um, and he goes, this is why I'm sending Titus and likely Luke. Uh, I, 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 if I come there, still, I'm still kind of a controversial person. Uh, these people probably will leave Titus, and if it is Luke, and these other two guys alone, if I show up, it's just going to be trouble. So don't tie me to this. That just As soon as my enemies hear I'm involved in this, y'all going to have problems. That's just being smart. Uh, and he's not being aloof. That's not, not it at all. He's distancing himself from the process because he did not think about this. He didn't want to be a distraction. Now think about how counter human being that is. The Apostle Paul is a big deal, but he doesn't want to be a distraction. He doesn't need that. He doesn't want that. He knows that's not good strategy. Now, a lot of us would want to be applauded even if it messed the whole thing up, just so we could have our applause. He doesn't want that. Keep in mind, 
There's a very, very, and we covered it in the book of Acts, and I just preached on this uh, up in Nashville a few weeks ago, this Ananias and Sapphira story. If you'd like to see the other end of the spectrum on this, not only did Ananias want to get credit for being a big giver, he wanted to be credit for giving more than he gave. <laughs> and God killed him. So, so we, we, we might want to, we might want to take a note of that one. Uh, so, so yeah, the, there's also a real good reason not to do it. The fear of God. So, uh, so, but, but Paul is, he's doing it by the purest of intentions. He truly wants the gift just to be handled and that's it. And he wants to be done right. Uh, 21, he wants absolute integrity for we aim at what is honorable not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of man. Now, this is going to throw us a little bit here. It's going to throw me because um, I can't tell you how many times I've said this. And I know sometimes we say it and we mean it in a noble way, but we got to be careful with this. I don't care what anybody thinks about it. Mm. The Bible says we actually should. Uh, now, they don't dictate what we do. If, if people oppose us because we're devoted to God, then then that's fine. They just have to live with that. But what Paul is saying, no, no, you re- we really should care how people see us because we want them to see us as being consistent to what we say we believe. It does matter what people think. Now, we're not doing it for them. We're doing it for God, but we are doing it in order for them to see us as truly being sincere about what we claim. You know, the great, the great George Whitfield story we've told many times uh, when he was leading these huge, huge crusades, um, and, uh, and, and the reporter went out to investigate what was going on, and, and he was anti the movement and was going to do some hit piece on Whitfield, and one of the guys walked up and saw this guy there and was very surprised to see him there. He said, well, I forget the guy's name, Mr. So-and-so, it's interesting to see you here to hear Mr. Whitfield tonight. Does this mean that you have converted uh, to what Mr. Whitfield is preaching? And he said, no. And he said, so do you, do you now believe this? He goes, I don't, but he does. <laughs> Let me tell you something. He does. Uh, I thought I was going to find some guy trying to – this guy absolutely believes what he's preaching. Now, did that go into impact that guy? I don't know. But the bottom line was he came and saw that Whitfield had integrity. He saw that he was living out what he believed, his passion. They, they, they said that Whitfield would go to these men coming out of the mines, and he would just be out there waiting on them. He, he worked himself to death, and he would just wait on them to come out of those mines, and he would start preaching to them about redemption, and they would talk about this Whitfield thing, which was incredible. And they said that one of the things you knew when Whitfield was out there waiting on these men, they would come up with this coal dust all over them. They would just have smut, and those men, you could see their skin with the tears had moved it away as Whitfield would preach the gospel to them. And so I guess what we have to ask is, is do we have that kind of integrity? Because what Paul is saying is not only, because think about it, guys, this is important. I could see me doing this with no problem. The Lord knows my heart, and that's all that matters. Paul says, not really. I want people to know my heart as well. He says, I want to do what's honorable inside of the Lord, no doubt, but I also want to be honorable inside of people. I don't want people to see me as inconsistent. The Lord knows my heart's all that matters. Yeah, but people should too. And, and, and Paul says that. I, I want to be sure that I have integrity before the Lord, absolutely, but I take every precaution to have integrity before people. 
I know the Lord knows my motives. I know that and that they're pure. But I want everyone else to think that what I'm doing and my motives are pure as well. So be careful on the it doesn't matter what people think. Apparently it does. And we're not doing it to please people. Now that's different. But, 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 how, but, but how they see us as having integrity, it does matter. So take every precaution. Go above and beyond what you need to do so no one questions what we're doing. That is important. You know, what we want to do, now we're always going to have people. I, I have people who are my enemies, and they lie about me, and they say all kinds of things about me. And there's not a lot I can do about that. But what I can do is when someone hears the lie, they say, eh, I, I see how he lives his life. I don't really buy that. I, I don't think that. You know, there, there's, there's things being said about me right now about this being the last year of the show. I hope that when people say things about me that aren't true, people go, I, I don't really think that. I know Rick. That doesn't sound like Rick. You know, you at least want to do that as opposed to everybody going, well, I could see that. <laughs> you know, you, you don't really want that. And I've had that happen before. I've had people come tell me things about somebody, and I go, yeah, that didn't surprise me. But then you've had it happen, I hope, and people you go, well, that really surprised me. I'm not sure that's true. I'm going to check with them. That doesn't sound like them. And you may find out, you know, we all make mistakes, but we always, we hope we live our life that people, if they hear something contrary to our claim to be devout followers of Jesus, that our first thought wouldn't be that sounds about right. Our first thought would be that doesn't sound right. I'm going to check on that. And God forbid we actually just come to the person and talk to them about it. You know what I mean? Let's, let's be sure and get in the chat room or something like that or get on social media and say something. So he, he, But the, the, the lesson we need to take away from this statement in verse 21, we too should take every precaution to be above reproach. You, you're, you're, sometimes you may even think, this, I'm going a little far with this. Go a little far with it. Go as far as we need to to be sure that people don't question us. Uh, be careful what we associate with. We do not want to put doubt in someone's mind. It does matter how we live our lives in front of the world. It really does. Because we are we are living a sermon every single day. And we're going to make mistakes, but just, just don't uh, take those mistakes serious as well. All right, so verse 22. And with them we are sending our brother, whom we have often tested and found earnest in many matters, but who is now more earnest than ever because of his great confidence in you. Here comes somebody else. So now we're going to add somebody to the group. We got Titus, Luke, maybe. We don't know who this is, but this other guy. Uh, But he's going to add a third person uh, that had proven to have a holy zeal time and time again. Apparently, well known by the Corinthians also, and Paul thinks the only thing better than sending two men of integrity is to send three. What 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 uh, the three the cord stronger, right? And so when you send these three guys, I want you to think about what a wonderful endorsement it is for the apostle Paul to say, I got three guys I want to send and you make that cut. I want to send I want to send the best of the best. So if I was going to be in this class and I want to send the best of the best, am I sending you? Are you going to make the three? You know, Jesus just sounds very similar to Jesus. He had the 12, but then he had the three. And will we be found in the three? 
first of all, we got to be found in the 12. But would we even be found in, th- in the 12? But what about the three? You know, this is one of the weirdest things in, pardon me, ladies who are watching, listen to this. I got to talk to the guys for a minute. This is one of the weirdest things that I see about men. And I'm telling you, there's a revival happening with the men of this country right now. And we're right in the middle of it. Praise God. But one of the weirdest things I noticed about men, and we're seeing this change, it's so hard to find a man that worth anything that is satisfied with not being on the field. And the field's figurative. I don't mean athletics. I, w- I want to be part of I want to make it count. I want to be a starter. I, I want to, but when it comes to their spiritual life, men like, yeah, I don't care about being the three. I don't care about being the 12. I just kind of want to fade into the background and not be out there at all. See, that's really counter to all manhood. So the most important thing ever, men don't want to be, they don't want to be on the field. They don't want to start. They want to sit in the stands. That's figurative. Just using that as an example. What, what man do you ever know that doesn't want to start? That doesn't want to be first string? I don't want to be around men like that. Amen. Hey, man, would you like to be the one that uh, that 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 get that give be give the most responsibility to? Absolutely. I want to strive to one day be the CEO. What about it with your faith? No, 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 no. I'll be the custodian. I don't want to be anything to do with that. So, so you don't want to be excellent in the faith? Nope. Just don't want to go to hell. I got to tell you something. You ain't never met Jesus then. If your biggest fear is going to hell, that kind of attitude probably has you going to hell. Now, I'm not your judge. I'm just saying I don't – speaking from – when I see people who don't want to be involved in advancing the kingdom of God, especially a male, I don't understand that. And it makes me consider that you've never tasted it. Because what's happening in my life, in the, in the life of many, many people I know that are solid in their faith, Jesus is so overwhelming, and, and the kingdom of God in their life is so overwhelming, the opposite has taken place. They're more likely now not to care about being a big deal by the world, and they really start to care about being a big deal to God. When I say that the Apostle Paul picked three men I want to ask you an honest question. Is it a desire of yours to have been one of the three? Because it is for me. I would be heartbroken if he didn't pick me. And I would think, I've I've let him down. He didn't see me as trustworthy. But what worries me is a lot of men just don't care. It's one of the coolest things I, I just experienced recently, and I, I won't say who it is. And and the I'm embarrassed that I didn't catch it on my own, but I guess when something's supernatural, I'm not God, so I guess I wouldn't. But I have a man right now, I won't say who it is, because they haven't given me permission for that. And God just 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 thumped me this weekend after the conference we just had and said he wants to be included. You're assuming he doesn't want to be included. Can't you tell he wants to be included? And I went to him today 
And I said, you want to be included, don't you? You want to be part of what we're doing. And he said, yes, I've been waiting on you to ask me. And I said, I thought you didn't want to be part of it. He said, well, there was a time I didn't. But right now, I'm eager. I would be rather be part of this than anything. I don't want to be left out. What can I do? Just give me anything. I'll move boxes. I want to be working for the team. And, and my stupid self was saying, I don't want to bother them with that because you know what? I bet they don't even want to do this. And this weekend, God so clearly said he wants to be involved. He's not going to ask you. Go ask him. And I asked him today. And he looked at me like, I've been waiting on this. I'm in. I don't know what I can do, but I'm going to do something. So I hope that we would want to be one of the three. So who are these? Uh, who, who's the other man that, that makes the list? Maybe Luke. We know Titus. We don't know about this person. But here's who we think it is. One of these three. Sothenes, we think that it's very very possible it's Sothenes. He traveled with Paul all the time. Uh, you can, matter of fact, we, we talked about him in 1 Corinthians right there, right out of the gate, chapter 1, verse 1. He was the ruler of the synagogue in Corinth. He was beaten by a mob. He had all kinds of issues because of his stand for Christ. Uh, and we think that Paul loved him, no doubt, and trusted him. So Sothenes is a very good guess here. If not, uh, it could be Trophimus uh, from Acts 2, verse 4. He traveled with Paul from Greece. Um, he Remember, Paul talks about in the book of Acts that he had to leave him because he was ill. But he was one of his companions and was with him a lot. We don't know that he died for that from that illness, but Paul wrote, I had to leave him because he got so sick. But he was with Paul, traveling from Greece. Uh, the other one is, is Ticetus, uh, and uh, he uh, he's an Ephesian. Uh, Paul talks about him in Ephesians, in Colossians. He even talks about, uh, in the book of Titus, he talks about in there, he is a dear brother. He calls him a dear brother, a faithful servant of the Lord. So, Everyone is in agreement. They don't know which one of these three, but these three were horses in Paul's ministry. He loved these three. He trusted these three. And if he was going to add the third person to the group, it was probably one of them. And there is a chance that we take Luke out and two of these three are the other two. But they think if you're looking at who makes up these, these two that go with Titus, it's, one of these, it's a combination of these four men. And they feel pretty confident in that just by all the other writings, how Paul is giving these men accolades. He's always saying they're servants, they're trustworthy. And so you can, you can feel pretty good about, about it being a combination of Luke, Sosthenes, Troph- Trophimus, and Tychicus, uh, some combination of them. So in 23 and 24, uh, Paul is going to go back to talking about Titus again. Uh, so 23, 24, as for Titus... He is my partner and fellow worker for your benefit. And as for our brothers, talking about the other two, they are messengers of the churches, the glory of Christ. <laughs> let's, just, let's just resonate on that a minute. All right, I, I want you to take your name, and I want you to think, let's, let's put your name where Titus is or where messengers is. As for your name, he is my partner and fellow worker for your benefit. As for your name, they are messengers of the churches, 
the glory of Christ. Could you be described as the glory of Christ? Could I be described as the glory of Christ? Can you imagine how we would feel, where we would have to be for the Apostle Paul to tell right now, let's say he's alive and he's here with us, and he is writing a letter to a church that we're all going, every one of us. We're gonna, we're gonna, we got more than three. We all go, okay? And for Paul to be able to say, I'm sending the Wednesday Bible study to you. These are messengers that are the glory of Christ. If that's not your goal, you got work to do. Don't you want to be the glory of Christ? Don't you want for anything? You know, I say this every time that I'm dealing with men's ministry at the local church. I always go to the pastor and say, if the men's ministry is where it is supposed to be, you should be in need of nothing. There's nothing that infuriates me more than for the church to need something done and to have men that won't do it. Now, if you've got a legitimate excuse and you can't do fill in the blank, somebody else should. But there should never be we got nobody. It, it makes me sick to, to hear the local church have to beg. And then it turns around and the same 15 to 20 percent people have to do everything. I can't believe it doesn't bother the 80 to 85 percent that that just ride. I can't believe it doesn't bother them. Begging for people to work in the children's department, begging, begging for people to help these uh, widows or these single moms who have sons that need mentors, begging for some people to go on this mission trip, begging for somebody to do this work. It's it begging. I, I remember standing in a third world country one time. And we're sitting there talking to this pastor, and I mean, they 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 meet in a lean-to. I mean, it literally was just it was just sticks, a roof on it, and the roof was made of limbs and stuff that were laid on top of it, and and they were wanting to concrete something here and just make it a little more weather friendly. And I remember the guy and everybody talking on the trip. It was twelve hundred dollars, and the guy came over trying to come up with a plan. I said, "Are we serious?" You mean to tell me all of it, we don't have $1,200 among us? $1,200 solves this pastor's problem? For the love of, I mean, I was just like, good gracious, it, don't go over there and ask the youth to pass around some bucket. Are you kidding me? We don't have, give the man $1,200. I'm talking about immediately. I'm in. And I said, I, I will give it all, if, but, it, but if y'all want to miss out on it, that's fine. If we Please tell me we're not about to lament over $1,200 for a guy to, to be able to keep rain off the people that are coming to church. They weren't asking us for $12,000, $1,200. And so thankfully, I don't know that I could have said, I don't want anyone to think I, that I manipulated anybody into giving this, uh, but... Um, I don't want you to think of me. I made anybody feel bad. 
But but I just couldn't believe it. I honestly couldn't believe it that we were going to come up with some campaign for twelve hundred dollars. I couldn't believe it. Now, if you want to do twelve thousand, twelve million, yeah, then we need to get a campaign together. But twelve hundred for Americans. Uh, so uh, I mean, the fact that you could afford the plane tickets, we got that money. Okay. So uh, so anyway, uh, so Paul is going back and he's talking about these messengers, and he says that these are the fellow helpers concerning you. And he's my right-hand man as far as it comes to the Corinthian affairs. Can you imagine that responsibility? Can you imagine? I don't know if you've ever read the book of Titus. You need to. It's real short. There's a lot going on there. Uh, Titus is a hoss. And for the Apostle Paul to say, now when it comes to the, to the church at Corinth, this is my guy. You know, don't, don't you, you ever seen, you ever met that person before on, on whatever project? When, you know what they say? If you're talking to them, you're talking to me. They'll get it done. And he was loyal. He was trustworthy. Uh, the other official delegates of the churches, they were, they, this is the thing. Paul wanted them to know he's not just saying this to give these men a compliment, that they're the glory of Christ. Don't miss this. Don't, because this is a point that can't be missed. He wants the Corinthians to know that he loves them so much He's not sending a bunch of nobodies. I'm sending you the best of the best. Don't bring, that's a compliment to them. He's trying to say, I care enough about you to send the best. Have you ever had a friend and you had a problem? Let's say it's something as simple as you got a fence down. Some of trees falling on the fence at your house or yard or something, and you know somebody that's in the fence business. And he loves you. And he says, by the way, I'm sending my best guy. This is the best fence guy I got. I'm sending you the best of the best. Not everybody gets him because he, he, got, he's got a lot of jobs. I will pull him off a job, and I want him to be there to fix your fence because he's the best. Doesn't that feel good when you hear that? Well, that's what the Corinthians just heard. I'm sending the best of the best. I'm not just grabbing people randomly that are available. I'm going to send the best guys. So let's look at 24. So give proof before the churches of your love and of our boasting about you to these men. Here's what he's saying. I've told you who they are. I've told you why I'm sending them. I expect you to treat them well. I expect you to take care of them. Show them your appreciation that they're sacrificing to come to you and to take care of you. And they're going to bring this letter to you. They're going to take that gift. They're going to deliver it to Jerusalem. So I want them to be treated well when they get there. And I want a warm welcome for them. These are your brothers in Christ. And here's the other thing. He says, so now do this for me. Don't let me brag on you and then see something different. I want them to see that everything I say about you is true. Right? Now, we, we can take that message and we can also apply it to our lives and we can apply it to Jesus. Jesus has said that anyone that he redeems, he transforms. We, are, we already studied this back earlier in the letter. 
that anyone in Christ, behold, the new has come and the old has passed away. So Paul is saying what Jesus is saying about us. Don't go out and tell people you're redeemed and then make me look bad. Because I've said the redeemed, they look like this, they look like that, they look like this, they look like that. Now don't claim that you've been redeemed by me and then live something different. Let everything I say about redemption be valid and validated in you. And, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I thought about back when we were studying Acts. One of the things that, that just blows my mind, and we were talking about this um, at the conference, me and some of the, the, the men that were teaching, because we, we were getting fired up back there. I mean, we were ready to run through a wall. And, um, and we started talking about the church at Acts and, and the persecution that, that, that they, it was overwhelming. And, and when the persecution started and the now redeemed and transformed John and Paul had been beaten and they come back to the church after being beaten and the church begins to pray. And do y'all remember when we covered this? You know what they didn't pray? For God to release the persecution. Do you know what they paid for? prayed for? Boldness. Don't let us embarrass you. Don't let us crumble. They didn't want to make Jesus look bad. Give us boldness. They didn't even say make this painless. They just said give us boldness. And Paul is saying to the church at Corinth, don't make the accolades that I have given about you look false. Welcome them appropriately. Let them see that everything I've said about you is true. Prove it. It's the same thing that Jesus says to each and every one of us. So you say you're redeemed by me. You say you now represent me. You say you're now Rick in Christ. Don't make me look bad. Don't embarrass me. Prove it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the lesson today. Thank you for uh, so much to apply. But what it must, uh, we, we realize that the Apostle Paul, you, 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 you gave him so many things, including great friends to support him. You gave him Titus. You gave him these other guys, whoever they are. But we do know that the names we mentioned are, are men you gave to, to Paul in his ministry as well. May we be that for each other. And if we don't have these kind of men in our life, may we find them. Or more importantly, why don't we be that man for someone else's life? Lord, we want to be sent by you. And we don't want you to hesitate. Because you've so redeemed us and so transformed us and so sanctified us and so matured us that you can send us and we won't let you down. Give us the power and the boldness not to let you down. In your glorious name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys.